0: Money. This is for the girls that don't need no man. This is for the girls in you love yourself. This is for all the girls that be it by itself. This is for all the girls, that's I and T, E, P, E, This is for all the girls that be let
1: it stress free. This is for all the girls on a mission like me. This is for the girls. This for all the girls around the world. This is for all the girls around the world.
0: Around me, high frequency. I'm talking high G of the good energy. I don't need no negativity around me. High frequency, frequency. I'm talking high G of the.
1: Welcome to Girl Talk, a platform for women to speak and be heard. I am your host, Unique J, aka the Survivor's Coach. Before we get started, let's go over some locker room rules. First and foremost, I am not an expert at anything, but I'm experienced at a lot of things. This is a judge free zone. Jesus is popping to me, not up for debate. With that being said, hey ladies, let's talk about Welcome to Girl Talk. Let's um Get started. We are going to welcome our guest, Ms. Jasmine Pope, who is the owner of Blessings in Disguise Therapy, where she is a licensed independent social worker with supervision and a licensed clinical social worker, along with being a published author, an entrepreneur, and an elder at Canaan Manifested Word Church. Welcome, Jazz.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Yes, welcome. So before we get started, we always want our guests to give us a little background about who Jasmine is. Who is
0: Jasmine? One of my favorite questions. So <laughs> um, I'm a servant. I just I love serving others. Um, been like that since I was a little girl and it just continues to keep going. But um, mm-hmm. as you said, I'm a social worker here in the state of Ohio, as well as in the state of Texas, providing therapy services to those who are in need. Um, I am an elder in the church, so I um serve at Canaan Manifested Word Church under the leadership of Bishop Randall Parker III. And so. I um I do a whole lot of stuff, so I don't know what to say, but
1: <laughs> um, helping people is my purpose and my passion. Okay, well, let's see who is Jasmine outside of that. Is Jasmine a wife, or mother, or what? Like, what is that? Ja- who is Jasmine? Yeah,
0: so Jasmine is in a place of like really exploring who she is right now um for the last six years almost seven years of building my business that's what it's been about right Mm -hmm. so when you throw yourself into your business in the way that I have hobbies and all that type of stuff go out the window um so I'm trying to find that balance um but yes I am a wife um I have two amazing daughters um, a slew of God children who I love as my own. Um, I'm a daughter, or a grandmother, um, author, life coach. Well, <laughs> I'm a student um, currently pursuing my doctorate. So, yeah, that's me.
1: All right. So, before we get started, we always go into what our play of the day is. So, our play of the day is let's normalize therapy and going to church. So, how did you get started in therapy?
0: Therapy in my business, the therapy personal. No,
1: therapy in your business. How did you get started in therapy in your business? How how long have you been a therapist? So
0: I've been a therapist for six and a half, almost six and a half years. But therapy was not my plan. Okay, it was not my plan at all. So when I went and got my master's in social work, I went back to school just to get a two dollar raise. Okay. So I'm like, I'm going into debt for this $2 raise, right? But I just wanted to be better for um, me and my oldest daughter at the time. Um, so I got my degree in 2016, 2017. God started speaking therapy. And I was like, God, you know I didn't sign up for this. Like, them classes weren't even my favorite classes. Um, but ultimately, God ended up leading me to a practice that helped me to establish the foundation of my business um, in 2017. And from there, it just blossomed and grew to what is
1: now Blessings in Disguise. All right. Okay. So I know a lot of people like struggle with the therapy and the ministry. Um, How did you know that you were called to ministry?
0: Um, I knew as a little girl I was called into ministry. But of course, when you are young and living life and you come to college and doing your own thing, you feel like well, God can't use me. You know, God can't use me now that I've had a kid out of wedlock. God can't use me because I ain't been going to church consistently. Um, but he would always remind me periodically that there was a call on my life. Um, and so I believe it was in 2016 or 2017. Um, many sleepless nights. Cause God was like, I just need a yes. I need, I need a yes from you. And I was like, Mm-mm, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, like I went too far. Um, I'm working in the church, you know, doing you know doing ministry that way, but not as you know in preparation for licensed ministry. Um, and basically, God was like, "I'm letting you go to sleep till you till you give me a yes." So, after many many sleepless nights, I was like, you know, God, here I am. Here's the yes, and I had the best sleep of my life. <laughs> that night. Um. But yeah, so then, you know, we went through because myself, my husband and another young lady all um, got licensed on the same Sunday. And so we went through a trial period of just testing our faith and building and leadership development until we were at, uh, formally licensed in
1: 2018. OK. Um, and so um, a lot of people don't really know what an elder of the church is. So can you let us know, like, what's what is your title and stuff?
0: Yeah. So as an elder, you really are at the place where you can become a pastor of a church. Um, But when you're not necessarily a pastor, your job is still to serve the leader of your house. It's to continue to provide people with the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is so that they can grow and become who they need to be. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, We have responsibilities such as teaching and preaching and you know, all of those different things, but really just, as you know, continue to assist your pastor until God leads you further, as well as continue to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ.
1: Okay. Didn't know all of that, but thank you. Thank no you. I love that. I love that. So before we dive deep into um, bridging the gap between therapy and church, we're going to take a quick commercial break.
0: Mud Talk is the only show that brings you the latest in music, news, and fashion and keeping your ears to the streets while you grind and shine. Hosted by Big T, Shay Renee, Amy, and your boy Red. Be sure to tap into Mud Talk every single Friday starting at 8pm live on Facebook and YouTube. And catch us the next day wherever you stream your podcast.
1: All right. Make sure y'all tune in to Mud Talk. So um, I was watching David Mann um, podcast called Man Man to Man. And it was a question on there that like sparked me and it set with me because, you know, when I first reached out to you, I wanted to talk about women in ministry. Yeah, but God just scrap that. <laughs> and this question was weighing heavy on me. So I'm like, okay, we're gonna, we need to bring this to forth. And he was like, um, in our culture, why is this such a disconnect between church and therapy? Mm-hmm. And they were saying mostly like the one guy, he was saying, um, he was like, many people don't want to un- list, want to look at church this way, but church is a business. And it's frowned upon if you are, you know, not seeking God, not going to God and going to therapy. It's like you're not believing what God is telling you. Um, so like, what do you, what what's your take on that question?
0: So, I mean, there's many different reasons why, particularly for African-Americans that we have not incorporated mental health and ministry together. And so God really illuminated as he continued to build me, you know, into one, just a social work in general, then going into therapy, that that was going to be the bridge that I, you know, that would be the gap that I would bring a bridge to. Right. But for so long within the African-American community, one, we didn't have the money to go to therapy. Um, We had the thought that what goes on in this house stays in this house we had the mentality of, oh, well, we just going to sweep it under the rug and act like it never happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we also just relied on God. God mm-hmm. is all you need. Right. You know, I can tell you my great grandmothers and grandmothers and stuff, you know, oh, I don't need to go to the doctor. God going to heal me. Mm-hmm. Right. So <laughs> we can go out that in our physical health and we don't think about it that same way with our mental health. Right. And so, um, within the last 10 years there's been maybe almost 15 years now there's been a shift where as african americans we like all right we didn't try all this other stuff and it ain't working or yeah you know i can believe in god i know he does what he does but i need a little bit extra help and so now because more of us are seeking therapy for ourselves it's like okay how do we how do we put this together right and so in my eyes The Bible is full of examples of mental health, mental illness, Mm -hmm. right? So if the Bible is full of that, that means that God already knew what it was. And God is giving us tools to be able to work through that. And that doesn't mean that it's just the church. Because even before I was licensed as a minister, I was using scripture and using faith and all of that as a part of my practice. So now it's just really saying, hey, you can have both. You know, you can talk to God, absolutely. I'm sure that God is gonna to talk to you until you go seek a therapist. Um, a- another thing is just that because of the evolution of mental health, mental illness, our understanding of it, that pastors aren't always trained in how to deal with that. Right. Right. So if you go to a pastor that is not versed in schizophrenia, they're not versed in understanding suicidal ideation and what that means and you know, I could tell you to pray about it, but if you got to go home and you still dealing with this, what, what's going to happen?
1: Now, that, that's what David Mann said. He said um, he was having these suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. and he said that he went to the altar the first time. He went to the altar and he was like, "Okay, you know, I've been delivered. I got prayed over it. It's going to be I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. He was like, and then months down the line, here I am in my office. He said he's sitting at his desk and he's sitting at his office and he is contemplating a killing himself. And he was like, um he was fearful because he didn't want to be judged as a weak man and having these feelings. He was like, but what do you do when you have prayed and you're still having these feelings? Mm-hmm. He said he knew then he needed to seek professional help mm-hmm. because he couldn't pray these feelings away. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of people, I think too, like uh, uh, what our culture Um when we say therapy, they think crazy. Yes. <laughs> so it's, I don't want to go to therapy because I'm not crazy, mm-hmm. but I love my, <laughs> Same. I love my therapist. Let me tell you, shout out to Lashana, you change. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Um, because I was at that point, like I didn't, I knew God. I know to trust him. I know to have the faith in him. I know to stand on his word. But yet and still I got all these emotions and all these feelings and all this everything going on inside. And I'm like, I'm praying and it and, and it's not going nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. what am I supposed to do? And I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, I have to take this therapy thing seriously. Yeah,
0: I think another part of it too is we put so much weight on pastors. Mm -hmm. And when you are in churches, I don't care if it's 20 people, If all 20 people of them got their own mental health issues, family issues, job issues, and all 20 people are going to him. There's just going to be a point where his capacity is full or her capacity is full because they've got other things that they have to take care of. right? Mm -hmm. So not saying that pastors can't do, but Once again, we've got resources outside of our pastor so that they aren't the only ones that we talk to. And then once again, having someone who's equipped with the knowledge to be able to assist with dealing with that.
1: Right, right. Um, I know for me. um, Therapy has helped me a whole whole lot. I can say that along with just. understanding God for myself, having my own relationship, because I think that um, when I was younger, I kind of just did what the pastor said. Mm -hmm. And then I just did what I seen my parents said. But doing that now, I, I was a very, I was caught in religion. Like I was very caught in religion to the point where, and even Lashana's, Spoke on it on one of her lies i will ride past the church and turn the radio mm-hmm. down <laughs> or I can't wear um sleeveless shirts because I don't want my tattoos showing so it wasn't until I started developing my own relationship with God myself and um, using as you said the tools of therapy to help balance both Um, what would be your advice for someone who is like struggling on the fence of should I try therapy or, you know, a lot of people have trust issues and they don't want to tell people their business. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing to know is that as a therapist, we can't tell your business. You sign a form before you even get started. That lets you know that you know your therapist is bound by confidentiality. We can't share anything unless you're saying you're suicidal, homicidal, child abuse, elder abuse, or order insurance purposes. Other than that, whatever you tell us is safe. So if somebody in a clinical position is out in the streets telling your business, call the board on them because they don't need <laughs> right. to have a license, right? Um, but that's the very first thing. Um, one, the second thing I would say is that yes, therapy is like any other relationship you have to build the relationship and trust um but i i believe that a good therapist a good counselor is going to work you into that relationship one of the things i tell my clients is i'm not expecting you to come in here and trauma dump off the rip because you don't know me i don't know you we still working in this right well mm-hmm. let's build let's let's get to know one another share the small stuff we work into the big stuff um So you have that space and that opportunity. Don't feel like you just got to come in and throw all of your life story out there and then walk out and be like, oh, I don't know what they think about me. We're not thinking nothing bad about you. Because at the end of the day, I'm a therapist that has a therapist. Right. I have my own stuff. I can't judge nobody. (laughs) I judge nobody when I have my own stuff. But that is also the example to say that I'm I'm seeking after the help that I need to be able to help you as well.
1: Right, right, right. Yes, I love that. I love that because a mentor need a mentor, a coach need a coach. I love that. Um, so as moving forward um, with the church and the therapy coming together, um, I do see that, that it's becoming more often now that because they kind of intertwine with each other anyway, as you said, like there's a lot of issues in the Bible a lot of mental health issues in the Bible. So I do see that like bridge coming closer together. Um, but I know that it's a little struggle with men, more so with men than it is with women mm-hmm. um, because our, as and even in the podcast with David Mann, he was like, they're always have to be strong. They always have to be strong. they always have to be that provider. They're not allowed to be vulnerable and be weak, um, especially men of the church, as you said, they're not allowed to have that. And what do you what what's your view? like what do you think that?
0: So one of the things that I suggest and this can work for men and women, but I know particularly for men, um, it's a stepping stone, right. So what I would suggest is get you a journal. Just start to write your own thoughts out. See what see what comes from that, right? Because sometimes, once again as men and women, but particularly for men who don't outwardly express their emotions all the time, they need to see like, oh man, like yeah, I am dealing with some stuff, right? So then that will open the door to be okay, maybe I do need to take this step, right? But then there's books out there. One of the books that I recommend to a lot of men, whether they come in for therapy or it's just a general conversation, it's called Cry Like a Man. And I believe his name is Jason Ford. I think that's it. It's on Amazon, though. Um, he's a actually a black author based out of Detroit. Um, yeah, out of Detroit. But that book specifically deals with men being able to express their emotions right so if we can take these baby steps in getting men at least even comfortable and in tune with their own mental health then they can make that step to say okay now I'm ready to talk to somebody right and then finding someone that you're okay with talking to sometimes men have issues talking with other men there's black female therapists or vice versa you might not trust a, a woman but you would do better with a man so find that 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 connection that will help you feel comfortable and safe to get the help that you need.
1: And it is, um, I looked it up <laughs> while we were talking. It is Cry Like a Man by Jason Wilson.
0: Wilson, Jason Wilson.
1: Yeah, it is. It's by Jason Wilson. So make sure, man, if that's what you need, we, we we want to get everybody the help that they need, the healing that they need. Um, so what's, what's in store for Jasmine from here?
0: Ooh, what's in store for Jasmine? So honestly, you know, continuing to build blessings in disguise to be um a place where people can come to get the healing that they need um we have two um speaking of men we have two amazing male therapists and i would you know be remiss if i didn't shout them out because they are setting the tone for change in the mental health industry um and getting more men to come out you know what i mean so there's some things that as a woman i can't relate to but for a man to have another man that they can be vulnerable with that's amazing so Um, Just continuing to build that. One of the things that I want to do, and I've talked about it for a while, but is doing trainings within the church um, for leaders to better understand mental health. Yes, we have. We get a lot of training on the spiritual side of things, right? Casting out demons and, you know, praying against depression and anxiety. But What happens when you've done that, like we talked about earlier? And now there's a natural component that we need to understand and we need to get people to know okay this is even if I can't say fully this is what it is but giving you an understanding of what depression looks like what anxiety looks like and then giving resources in the community wherever that may be so that you can connect them with someone even if your church doesn't necessarily have someone that's a social worker or a counselor within its congregation you can say hey hey, here's a resource to be able to get you another step in the help that you need.
1: Okay and so now On the flip of that is you have the people that's in therapy, but they don't want to go to the church because they don't want to be judged in the church from the church people. Mm -hmm. How do you, how could you handle that to Mm -hmm. seek fellowship? Because God is with you, but fellowship. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think in my experience, it has just been me being that light, right? Because sometimes people have had their own negative experiences with the church or, you know, and when I say church, generally it's not the whole church, right? Right. It's somebody in In the the church, church, but we call it church, church, Right. right? Um, so when they can see someone that's genuine, somebody that's in the church, but not doing the church stuff or living the, you know, the religious life of church, um, It gets them to want to just, one, begin to continue or begin to or continue to build their relationship with God. And then they make that stepping stone saying, "Okay, now I know I'm getting it, you know, I'm getting it together. But I do need something further. I do need a pastor to help me understand this a little bit more. Then we talk about, "Okay, what do you need to look for as you're looking for a church? What do the what do you necessarily need to just focus on? Because sometimes we get into the church and we focus on the wrong things. Yeah, You might walk into church and your skirt is too short. That's all you got right now. Don't let nobody stop you. Right, right, right. God is going to continue to change your heart. And as he changes your heart, he'll change your dress. But don't let nobody force you into that or make you feel bad about it. You know what I'm saying? Just dealing with stuff like that so that they're prepared for when they walk in. People are people.
1: Right, and we don't know what they're going through.
0: We don't know what they're going through. We don't know what, you know. How other people, you know, some people believe holiness is long skirts and not wearing makeup. And, you know, you're supposed to just come into church like that. Well, I know I didn't come into church like that when right. I first <laughs> started coming back. So I'm not going to put that, that weight of responsibility on anybody. It's a change that has to happen. Um, so just working it that way has really been what my experience has been in seeing people take that step with getting back into the actual building of the church.
1: That's where I was uh, a while ago. Like I was judged because I had tattoos, and in the church that I was going to, and I was like, "I'm here." Like, Mm -hmm. embrace me. I'm I'm here because I'm hurt. I need some help. Mm -hmm. And I feel like um, with the younger generation that uh, are our kids, well, my kids. (laughs) well like my generation our kids a lot of my generation may not have grew up in church or knew anything about church and just now learning church so therefore what they learned and what they did they passed on to, to their kids so now that generation is now coming into church and they might not know the same either so they're just coming into church and I feel like elderly in the church look Frown, frown upon when it's we need to embrace, teach, show them the you know how to be presentable because again we don't know their story we don't know that might have been the only skirt that they had mm-hmm. but they're here yeah that's the main point is they're here so don't frown upon them embrace them God is love right and right. so
0: everything that we do. Should be done out of love and not out of self, right? When a person can see that we genuinely care about their spirit, not just their clothing, but I care about your spirit. I care about you being better. I can be more receptive to it. But if you just come to me, you've never said hi to me. You've never. You don't even know my name. And you, say, girl, you got that skirt on like that, or you got them tattoos. I don't want to deal with
1: nobody now. Right? I'm gonna be a bedside Baptist. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna watch the live. I'm gonna watch at the live streams,
0: You know, be cool. Or sometimes we get the people who turn away because that has been their experience, That's right? Um, so you know, I try to make sure that at any point I'm operating out of that place of love. Once again, knowing that I did not walk into church when I joined. You know, joined my church as a perfect Christian that had on the right clothes and did all the right things and all of that. I'm still learning. I'm still growing, even though I'm an elder, Mm because that's what this is all about,
1: right? Right. We're all learning and growing just at different stages and paces. Right, right. And we're supposed to pick up those that's behind us. That's the whole thing. We're supposed to lift up our sister and lift up our brother. As we elevate, we pull them up with us. We don't leave them back.
0: Right. Or push them back. Or
1: push them back. Right, right, right. So... um. (laughs) canan <laughs> let's talk let's let's canan um crazy thing is i joined online <laughs> you did. i joined online and um it was just the spirit um i love i love love i love bishop i love i love him and i love him because he's genuine mm-hmm. I love the genuine in him. I love the genuine of the church. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can be me. I'm comfortable being me. Uh, For the longest when I went to church, um, I was scared of what everybody thought. Mm -hmm. So I would hold in when I got the spirit, I will hold it in and I just will cry and you know, I will go home and ha- I will hold it in. But now I'm I'm at an age and at a level where I really don't care what nobody. <laughs> I really don't care what you think or anything anyway, because <laughs> my relationship with God is personal. It's between me and him. So I really don't care. But I'm comfortable still, too. I'm comfortable there. So um, how did you get to Canaan?
0: So, I actually joined under manifested word okay um I fought it for a long time. so backstory, I'm not from Toledo. Um, I grew up in Sandusky, went to the same church all my life, basically, and then moving to Toledo was culture shock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where you to, Where do you go to church when there's churches everywhere. everywhere, right? right. and you know we we would travel back and forth um we had a lot of churches here in Toledo that we fellowship, but i knew my spirit was seeking something a little bit different but because i didn't know where to start or you know the places i started with weren't it it just kind of drew me away for a while um and so god just started speaking like you just need to go you just need to go um and so one sunday my friend and i got up and we went to manifested word and i knew the first day i walked in that that was the place I needed to be. Um, but you know, fear and like, nah, I ain't gonna just, you know, I ain't gonna join on the first Sunday. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe I missed something, right? Um, but I went back the next Sunday and the spirit just pulled me in. And next thing I knew, I was walking up and I was joining. And um, I don't remember exactly what Bishop said that Sunday to me, but I know it hit the very core of my being. Um and so that was 2012 i believe and i've been on the ride ever since okay
1: yeah i my sister Jasmine was going there first already and um she would talk about it but i wasn't really in my healing stage yet either mm-hmm. i was still um i'm not going to church cuz they i don't want to be judged yeah. and um no i I'm not doing none of that. And then um when I turned 41, my mother died when she was 40. Mm. So I said, I'm 41. Um, I didn't done, done everything that you can possibly think of that was wrong. Yeah. Why not give my life back to the person who gave me life? Mm-hmm. And um that's when I started my journey. But I was doing the self journey without the church um I was doing like bible study with a pastor online and zoom um, and then I started watching online and I was like okay and I'm finding myself every Sunday now I'm watching TNT yeah. and I'm getting into it and then that like you said that one Sunday I was watching online and it just hit my core and I'm like he, he I remember Bishop like, it's still one other person. And I'm emailing like, it's me, it's me. <laughs> I'm not one other person I'm joining. It's me, it's me. <laughs> and so from there, um, like I I've been, I fellowship inside and outside. Um, but it's just like home. It's yeah. Like it's, it's like a home feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, I I love the homeness and the togetherness and, um, I can be me.
0: Yes. I, I, you know, being able to, I think a lot of times people misunderstand what being able to be you means, Mm -hmm. right? So yes, there are, there is that growing and development piece that comes with it, but there's no standard look, you know, at at our church, we don't necessarily have to dress in suits and ties and skirts and all of that. You can come in your uniquely T-shirt and your <laughs> jeans. You know, I, y'all know I love to wear my jeans. You know what I mean? I'm just—it's just that. Like, we are a church that is just about developing who you are to walk in your God-given purpose. Yes, that's the key. That—that's the key, right? 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 It's—we're not there to just see anybody be a a, um, a clone. Of anyone, right? right, your look is not this person's look that person's look may not be your look, but as long as you are growing internally, that's what it's all about right,
1: right, definitely, definitely, that's what it's all about and i and i can i like I can personally mm-hmm. personally say I've experienced that mm-hmm. and and I'm experiencing it so um. So normally before we close, um, we ask you to give all your information. If someone wants to contact you, how would they contact you for, uh, she was being modest in the beginning, y'all. So she does, <laughs> she does Bible planners, um, journals, personal journals. She got t-shirts. She has what? Two books. Uh, one book. One book. She has books her therapy she was just being modest and you know humble that's okay i'm gonna build i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna go ahead and brag on you you. (laughs) so if anyone wanted to purchase anything or a therapy session she's a very good therapist heard from word of mouth Thank thank
0: you thank you that's the best marketing out there really um so my website, I believe they're going to put it up on the screen, www.blessingsindisguise.com. Disguise is still D-I-S-G-U-I-Z-E because I'm a little special. So my name had to be special as well. Um, the book is on the book and the Bible journal are on Amazon. If you search Jasmine Lynn Pope, um, they're on there as well as products are on the website too. Um, and then I have my business page, Jasmine Lynn Enterprises on Facebook.
1: Yeah, because she does a thing called Believing Bigger. Yes. So that's done every year, too, with a group of women in the community. And we write out, because I'm a part of the community, yes. <laughs> we write out our goals and then pray over them. And then she gives us a lesson. Yes. Yes. And
0: so we just did that with,
1: oh, last last, last week. Yep. Yeah. We last week. Go. Last week. So... um. Before we close, uh, I do have a special announcement um, next month. You want to make sure you tune in because <laughs> we will be bringing a therapy session to the stage mm-hmm. um, as we talk about self-care. So uh, let's go into our highlight of the day, which is prayer is a weapon and therapy is the strategy.
0: Anita Phillips, I got to meet her uh back in September
1: did you yeah. did you i I did some research on her, and I'm like she dope yeah like i I love this she's she's yeah, I love that I'm like, and also Jasmine has a t shirt that says, what does your t shirt say?
0: Talk to God
1: and your therapist, yes, yes, talk to God and your therapist. It is okay to do both um and so. We want to thank you again for coming out. Um, pretty dope. Listen, all seriousness though, if you need the help, please seek a counselor, therapist, your pastor. Uh, get the help that you need. If you're having the feelings of suicidal thoughts or like you just feel worthless or you don't want to you feel like you shouldn't be here anymore, please seek the help that you need. Um, it's somebody out there for everybody, trust me. Don't suffer in silence. And I can say this uh, because I personally suffered in silence for a long, (laughs) a long time. Um, And I just didn't, I don't just take that step, reach somebody. Yes, take the step. Trust me, it's freedom on the other side. And you get tools to use if these feelings come back up again, um, there's, you have tools in your toolbox. Um, as you said, journaling, that's one of the biggest things. That's how both my books came about from me journaling. I've been journaling ever since I was a kid. So reach out, get the help that you need. Take this, like she said, take the step, please do not suffer in silence. Um, Her Jasmine information is on the screen. You can always reach out to either Girl Talk podcast page. You can message me. Um, My information is also on the screen. Also, um, you can contact me. We can get you connected to who you need to get you the help that you need. So please, please do not suffer in silence. Again, thank you, Jazz, for coming out. I really appreciate you Thank you all for tuning in and watching We will see you all next month Be blessed